Hello and welcome to the Easy Operations Podcast. We are now on episode three. I'm your host, Ron. I'm joined by my usual guests, James. What's up? And Mondo. Hello, everybody. All right. So this is our third episode. We're always trying to improve here. Uh, we're trying to improve the sound quality. We're trying something different in the way we record this. Let us know in the feedback uh, if – okay, we're dropping things off the tables here. Uh, let us know in the feedback if you like the sound quality, if you notice the difference. Uh, and kind of one of the big parts of this is we kind of – most of us have uh, – well, two out of three of us have new headsets. Or I have a new headset and James has a new mic and some new equipment to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started with that. Uh, what kind of microphone do you have, James? What's going on, guys? Um, thanks to my lovely wife, Claudia, she hooked me up with a Blue Yeti microphone. It's a USB uh, direct to the laptop here. So hopefully sound quality is a lot better than the previous weeks. And uh, if, if there's any feedback out there in terms of how to make it sound better or if it sounds horrible, let us know. Okay, and then I'm going – oh, let me go ahead, Mondo. Uh, I'm going with my – turtle beach headset that i actually use on my xbox but surprisingly it works on my uh, macbook air so not bad uh, we tested it sound quality sounds good so saves me a little bit of money what are you using mondo i have here my blue snowball ice which i'm still using today so nothing new for me guys same old same old all right well you know while we're on the topic of gadgets i want to i wanted to talk about something else which is uh Apple Watch Series 2. And this is going to be sort of a long-term test because I got this since about October when it first came out. And for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it basically keeps the overall shape of the Apple Watch, but it is a little bit more powerful. The battery life's a little bit better. Uh, this one in particular is waterproof and uh, it has a built-in GPS. So if I wanted to go for a run or something like that, I don't need to take my phone with me. I usually do, but just in a rare example that you want to just go completely with your phone, you're able to do so. Um, I'm not going to tell you guys that it's going to change the world and that this is the greatest invention ever, but I'll tell you what I use it for mostly. It does kind of reduce the amount of times you're digging into your pocket to look at your phone. You can kind of see who's bugging you, see your notifications at a quick glance. Uh, I like to track my exercise. So if I ride my bike, I like the heart rate monitor, it's pretty good for that. It's accurate. Um, I also like the steps counter. You know, if you ever wanted a Fitbit, this is kind of does the same things, but with a little bit more features. Uh, some of the other things that I use is uh, I like to set timers. So if I need to do laundry, I just set a quick timer. I can do podcast controls. I can do music controls. And one of the things that was just kind of interesting, and it got me to use Apple Maps a little bit more, is because it gives you like a taptic feedback when you need to make a turn. So it's like if I know that, okay, I got to be making a turn, it actually taps your wrist a little bit to let you know that you need to keep making a turn. So um, I'm liking it. Is this while you're driving or just when you're running or biking? It would be either one. I typically use it when I'm driving. I don't usually put my navigation when I'm biking, uh, but it is when you're driving. It just taps you so that you can either take a look at your screen or you can actually look at the watch and it will give you the turn-by-turn directions. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, will it uh, wake you up when if you try to fall asleep on the wheel? No. <laughs> no, it won't. But on a, on a related note, it will track your sleep if you leave it on. I don't. I like to charge it at night. You don't have to charge it every day. I, I feel like I can probably go easily two days 
without charging it, maybe three um, with light usage. So pretty good. I mean, it's not a big deal because you kind of get into the rhythm of just kind of plugging in your phone. So it's not a big deal to plug in my my Apple Watch So at the end of the night. So, uh, you know, if if you want to buy this, I recommend it. They do have the Series 1 that is 100 bucks cheaper. They do continue to sell it as a sort of a budget option. Um, yeah, so anyone have any questions about it, I guess? Uh, sounds pretty good. Unfortunately, I'm not an Apple guy any longer, um, but it sounds good if you're an Apple user. Okay, cool. I'll wait until that one day when Apple decides to create an item that really changes the world. Then I might buy the uh, Apple Watch. Okay, well, for now, both of you guys are on Android, so you, I would not recommend it if you have an Android, that's for sure. Um, so maybe one of those uh, Samsung watches uh, is something to potentially take a look at, but I don't have any experience with that, so let's move on. Uh, we went to the movies this weekend, uh, everybody, and we went to go see Ghost of the Shell. So let's go ahead and just start out with uh, our basic impressions about it. And... Um, there was a lot of negativity surrounding this movie. You know, we can get into this whole discussion about how it was not an Asian character uh, in Scarlett Johansson that she was cast at and all of this. But that was some of the big criticisms against it. And on top of that, it made a number of changes from the original uh, animated movie that a lot of people didn't like. But I hadn't seen this movie since the 90s, so I completely forgot it. And I went in, like, lowered my expectations and not remembering the source material, and I had a good time. What do you guys think? I'll start off saying by I really enjoyed this movie. It was great. Special effects were wonderful. And just to touch some light on the fact of the whitewashing itself, 1995 anime director for Ghost in the Show, Mamoru Oshii, said to IGN in an interview, what issue could there possibly, possibly be with casting her? Uh, speaking of Scarlett Johansson, um, he also continued by saying Major is a cyborg and her physical form is an assumed one. So we're just assuming she is Japanese or from Asian descent. And he's trying to remind us that, hey, she is whatever it wants to be because of the uh, cyborg aspect. So, you know, we're trying to please the audience state-wise so I can understand why they chose to go that route. Uh, but some people don't, and it's a shame because it's really hindering this movie because it's such a great well, movie. Let me chime in on there. I, don't, I see that a lot of uh, the you know the Asian countries don't have an issue with it. The only reason why I see that being accepted is because a majority of their population is all Asian, and they don't have as much as of a diverse um, you know culture. I guess, in terms of uh, the people that live there. So I'm pretty sure for them, it's kind of a nice change. Kind of like for us, it's kind of a nice change if we see someone of color uh, being like either a leading role or a female as a leading role. Um, I just think it's a little bit of a culture difference. That's why I personally feel they're a little bit more accepting. But me as an Asian American, I didn't mind. Um, but they do do some controversial things in the movie that makes it even more apparent when it didn't need to. I mean, can you talk about it or is there spoilers to, to, to talk about it? Uh, I personally believe it's a little bit of spoiler for anyone that watches it. It's near the end of the movie. Um, I feel like it was an unnecessary subplot to try to kind of counteract mm -hmm. a little bit of a controversy of the whitewashing. Um, it could have been a little bit more deeper. 
on that aspect if they wanted to throw that in. But it seemed like it was just uh, um, kind of like a half-assed uh, attempt at explaining that. Either go all the way with, with you know delving further in that or not put it in at all. So that's just what I think of that particular uh, subject on the matter. Well, it's, it sounds like we all love the movie overall. And what's funny is that you mentioned to me, James, that it was playing on Hulu. So I'm going to go watch it. But in the process of looking it up, I realized that there's actually two versions of the original movie. Uh, they kind of did a remake in 2008 with some of the scenes replaced by computer graphics that apparently have not aged oh. well. And uh, yeah, anyone see that to, one version? Uh, 2.0, is that correct? Yeah. Ghost in the Shell 2.0? Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. That one is uh, <laughs> outdated CGI or yeah, just stick with the original. At least you know that CGI in the original movie is of its time compared to this 2008 one, which doesn't match very well with the actual animation. And uh, I would avoid that as much as possible. Okay. Well... That's the movie. We went to go see it in a matinee. You know, I, I don't know if I would recommend you go see it in a full price uh, if you're in the you know, evening show. But if you can watch a matinee at a cheap theater, it's get a thumbs up, I think, from all of us. Am I right? Uh, I would give it a matinee. I would give it a matinee. A little slight thumbs up. I wouldn't say <laughs> it's, it was uh, – I wouldn't say I would love the movie. I did find it a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would. I just thought the visuals were the best thing about the movie, and if if you were to pay an entry for uh, a ticket, that would be the best thing to go for. In terms of its plot, I don't. I personally thought it was a little bit generic, but that's me. Um, other than that, you know, it's a it's a matinee or a rental. For okay, sure. sounds good. Well. When we saw the movie, we saw some interesting trailers, and uh, one of them was the Alien Covenant. This is a sequel to Prometheus that I don't know why. Maybe Prometheus got a lot of bad publicity, um, and they changed it to Alien Covenant. And it's basically an alien movie, guys. And I, people land on the planet. There's alien eggs, and stuff happens. Uh, it's a simple formula, but I'm in. I love these movies. Uh, I've enjoyed all of them. Maybe not so much the Alien vs. Predator ones, but I'm extremely excited about this. I'm probably going to see it the opening weekend. What do you think? I agree. It looks amazing. I can tell you the main reason why they changed the title. Money. Alien, alien name sells. Ah, yes. So, uh, you know, people that saw Prometheus, I'm pretty sure half the people that weren't even aware that it was an alien movie till halfway in. Or, you know, only, only casu- like the casuals wouldn't know. Unless, because uh, even if in that movie it wasn't very specific that it was xenomorphs, even though it was directly tied to uh, the very first movie with the the ships and everything. Uh, and this one looks like it's a continuation. It has it looks like it has the same characters. I wonder what they're gonna explain in regards to the original characters from the Prometheus movie, or if it ties directly to Alien One, because those two were I look I'm assuming are still prequels to the first Alien. So uh, I'm curious to see how it is. It looks amazing visually. The cast is uh, interesting, and I'm very hyped. What about you, Mondo? It looks great. I don't want to put too much hype or emphasis on the (laughs) movie itself. And uh, we'll go from there. Hopefully, this movie will pay the bills, so to speak. Fair enough. Cautiously optimistic, 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 whatever. Uh, I like the approach. I like it. So, um, Also, we saw a trailer for... Stephen King's It. Now, this was a movie that when I was a kid, 
Uh, it was very scary, and the kids at school told me how scary this is the scariest thing they've ever seen. I don't know if this originated this whole concept of clowns being scary and terrifying, um, but it certainly contributed to it. And so I never saw the original, but when I saw this trailer, it had a lot of this kind of Stranger Things vibe to it in which some kids come up on something that they don't quite understand and they're trying to solve it. And I'm in. So who wants to tell us a little bit more about it? And I, I, I think it's interesting. What's even funny is that it even has the Stranger Things kid or actor in it. Which one? It's the boy, the boy that went missing. Wait, is it? Yeah, it's the boy that went missing. He's the one that's in that's that funny. movie as well. So I think you may be getting that vibe because it's very 80s-ish as well. Um, yeah. But it looks like a pretty faithful adaptation. It looks There's some shots on there that are pretty much identical to the original. And uh, it looks scary even to this day. Clowns, man. They're no joke. Yep. Uh, but uh, in regards to the original... That movie doesn't hold up very much the second half, but the first half is still great. It's still kind of that Goonies meets horror, kind of like light horror um, for kids uh, type deal for back then. Still pretty scary, uh, but the second half is cheesy as hell. So if you were to watch back watch it back up again, it uh, doesn't hold well. But maybe catch it before the new one just so you can get an idea of if the new one's faithful or not. So yeah, this movie is the root of all evil. Um this is one of the earliest horror films I saw as a young child, and it made me petrified of clowns. So if I saw a person wearing a clown mask, I would just freak out. But looking at the uh, trailer... Well, that original one looks pretty funny now if you look back at it. It's just, at now, it's just a silly looking clown. I why I was afraid of clowns in the first place. So yeah, I'll go ahead and check out this uh, remake, and maybe I'll see the original and compare it to the new one. And I hope I'll have a blast. All right, cool. Well, that was the movies. Uh, But what about TV shows? Like, is anyone watching anything cool? Um, I know I haven't really had a lot of time to watch anything, but uh, who wants to jump in here? Uh, Let me recommend two things that I saw recently. Um, One of them is this documentary on HBO. It's actually produced by and created by The Rock. It's called Rock and a Hard Place. It's pretty much a documentary about these. It's like a program in Miami for... Uh, people that are sentenced for 16 years to a life where they get a second chance by going through this boot camp program. Uh, if they make it through the six months, um, they're pretty much free. Uh, however, it is very grueling mentally and physically. A lot of these um, uh, you know, delinquents are not up to the task. They think they're too good. They're pretty hard, quote-unquote. And they sometimes would rather take prison life over the boot camp. They rather take 16 years of life or 16 years of prison than six months of, you know, of quote-unquote hell and boot camp. So it's pretty fascinating. That sounds um, depressing. Do you that. get that vibe like, oh, these guys are... Not by the end because there's a lot of positive things by the end. Because these, this this uh, program is supposed to help improve and enforce discipline to these, um, you know, these criminals. Right. They're trying to reform them, trying to... Right, and if they can make it through this program, that means they can make it through anything outside the lives that they've been going through. Uh, you know, especially a lot of them have family at home, and they're like, you see them break down. It's, it's fascinating. If that's something that interests you, definitely check it out. And then the second thing I would recommend is another HBO product. It's called uh, Big Little Lies. It's based off some book. I've only been seen two episodes so far uh, with me and my hey, wife. Hey, me too. And, <laughs> oh yeah, I it's just pretty, saw uh, two episodes of that. Yeah. It's, in, it's intriguing, right? It's like a mystery of sorts uh, combined with, I guess, 
life in Monterey, California, uh, about these families um, with their kids. It's basically about the moms, uh, and there's some sort of overarching mystery. Uh, there's something, somebody that died, and they go through a flashback format in in regards to trying to provide you with a little bit of details of the story and these characters. It's pretty fascinating so far. I'm sticking with it. It's a pretty short series, too, at seven episodes. I highly recommend it as of right now. Yeah, I heard so many people on Twitter talking about the conclusion of it, and I go, well... If it ends that, great. Let me take a look at it. And what I like about it is uh, they're all great actors. Um, it's interesting to see life in Monterey, like sort of the extremes, these rich people's lives. But although they have a lot of money, they all have a lot of problems. And right. anyone White could potentially – yeah, anyone can potentially have a motive to have done it. So you're constantly kind of second-guessing someone's motivations. You're like, I think they might have done it. I think they might have done it. So great acting, right. a good mystery that kind of hangs across this whole uh, balance of the show. And so I'm in. I'm going to continue to watch it. Yeah, well, maybe uh, once we finish it, we'll probably uh, uh, come back to it. But uh, definitely check it out, guys. What else you got? That's it for me. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, enough about TV. Uh, what games are we playing? Let's talk about this. Uh, I'll start out with Destiny. And look, I'm going to keep it short. I know we've said too much about this game. Um, but this is kind of who I am in a way. It's like I kind of play Destiny a lot. And it sometimes doesn't give me time to play other things. You know, you don't listen to us to keep up with the latest and greatest things. We're just kind of giving you a slice of like, a slice of what gamers are like. And uh, I'm just kind of keeping with these raids. And uh, this week is Iron Banner. So I'm going to continue to play it. But I do want to pop in and keep continuing to chip away at Zelda, which is what you've been playing, James. Yes. Uh, where I'm at, uh, Ron, I'm not sure where you're at. I've completed the third Divine Beasts. Have you gotten there yet? Uh, no, second Beast. And I'm still just kind of making my way through unlocking parts of the map. I see. So the... the just to bring some context, uh, we're referring to these Divine Beasts, which are pretty much dungeons in Zelda. There's only four of them from what it appears to be, and they're the major puzzle uh, element of the game that usually ends with an end boss. And I'll tell you this, Ron, that boss is a bitch, so get ready uh, for some pretty hard battle. Wait, hold on. The final boss or the third? No, um... The third boss, which I'm at. Um, Can you comment on what is... animal it is? Uh, the salamander? Do you... Is it? Did you want to know? It's kind of a spoiler. What to know? What the yeah. animal is? The animal. Okay, uh... look, guys. If you're really concerned about it, our few listeners, you know, press mute for like five seconds while James tells me the animal. Go for it. I'm not sure what you're referring to. What do you oh, mean? You talk about the animal? dungeons? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's an animal, damn it! <laughs> I, forget. <laughs> I forget what it is. It looks it's it's a four legged huh? beast. I forgot what the animal an is. Elephant? But it's in the it's in the desert though. So that's a salamander. Uh, that's a salamander. Well, whatever. It's something with four legs. Um, okay. But it's uh in that desert area. It's it's a bo- it's a you do a little bit of a quest before getting onto the actual. Okay, so I actually um, got stuck boss. on that quest. I'm I couldn't find the little hideout that you're supposed to go look into. Oh, you have to. It's underground, so basically you have to go. It's between the chasm, and it's you have to go near the base of the floor. So if you're on top of a mountain, it's not up there. It's near the bottom. It's I like went, a little hideout. I went that into part's the canyon, hard too. though. I couldn't even find it. No, you'll know when it's the right one because it's going to be an entrance to something. You'll see an entrance. Okay. And the thing with that level, it is kind of hard because um, I'm giving you a little heads up. 
It's a stealth-only mission. So if you get caught, you have to start that little part in over again. It's short. It's not long, but it's a little hard because it's uh, you're if you're caught once, um, either you're going to have to fight everybody. You know what, though? That's gonna not going to be a problem for me. In keeping theme with easy operations, I have a ton of money from all scanning all my Amiibos. And I had enough to buy the entire set of the stealth armor uh, in oh, Zelda. Nice. So I'm going to cruise right through that thing. Okay. Uh, there's a little mini boss that's right after that, and then you have the main dungeon, which is uh, that boss is hard. So okay. give me your heads up. Bring a lot of food that will. Uh, I'll tell you this. Um, that are resistant to thunder. Yeah. And uh, give you hearts. So okay. It, because this it's it's difficult in the sense that this particular boss is very fast and he can strike really fast. So if you're not very um, dexterous in terms of your reaction times, I'm not. It can be a little bit of a pain. <laughs> well. Good luck on that one then. <laughs> can you shoot arrows at him? No, there's a it's a kind of a mechanic part where Okay. Uh do you want do you mind if I tell you or Yeah, you could tell me. That's Okay, fine. so first first of the first part of the boss is they is just he comes straight at you but he he can teleport really fast and spawn right in front of you and slash so you're going to have to time your dodges. Okay. And then second half of that's really it for that beginning part. The second half is what makes it hard. He'll uh, go float around and he'll drop these stakes on the ground that he electrocutes with lightning. So you're gonna have to get a, a use your magnet tool to grab the, st- the the stakes and aim it at the guy so he t- so he um, thunder strikes himself and then he'll drop to the ground and he'll start attacking you again. But he's a little bit more aggressive in a sense that now his weapons are also uh, electric electrified. So if you have anything metal and you try to block it, you get shocked at the same time. Plus, he's uh, yes. a lot faster. So, so I'm going to have to kind of go mind. with wooden equipment there. Right. I would definitely recommend that. And uh, anything with... I would also recommend a fast weapon, such as a one-handed sword or anything one-handed. Uh, the two-handed sword may be a little slow against this uh, this particular boss. It's true. I've had a lot of problems with the two-handed weapons. They just are too slow for most creatures. Yeah, that's pretty much it where I'm at right now. I'll okay. give uh, further updates as far as I go. Okay, um, and then let's get Mondo in here. Uh, I think both of you guys were playing uh, The Division, right? That's an old game. Um, yeah, The Division. It is an old game. Uh, I was able to download the Last Stand DLC and also the Survival DLC. Um, got to play Survival, also last stand but um i want to emphasize a little bit on survival right here um it's a story within a story um you're a group of scientists who are sent into uh, a section of new york and your helicopter crash lands and you're separated from your group and you're trying to survive this cold blizzard and the interesting part about this is that you start from scratch. So you don't bring your character into this one? You got to start from scratch? Oh, okay. So yeah, going into a little bit more details, um, in the survival mode, you're also infected with the virus. Your bodysuit has a tear. So you have to make some kind of uh, antivirus to suppress it from uh, taking over. Um, I didn't get a chance to do that. So what I did next was... Um, I took my character outside into the blizzard and it was really, really cold and my temperature was dropping, but I did notice a couple of cars in flames, got near it and kept my body warm. So yeah. That sounds like Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Somewhat like Zelda. Um, Yeah, those pesky NPCs, man. I I gotta tell you, I was running around in the uh, blizzard 
Unfortunately, I couldn't meet up with any of my uh, comrades in the uh, cold blizzard. I uh, was able to reach a couple of NPCs, um, and they roll in a group, so it's no joke. Um, I emphasize checking every, again, checking every crevice for loot. All I found was this lame old scarf, but the scarf, I guess it was good, better than nothing, right? <laughs> Did that keep you warm? <laughs> it did kind of keep me warm for uh, what it's worth the scarf did come in handy um, unfortunately for us as a group we didn't go there together um, I was actually playing alone hopefully that'll change so both of you didn't well, play can... this co-op we tried but I don't know what happened when we initially tried we couldn't all get in for uh, whatever reason I'm not sure why um, but we did get a chance to do the last stand mode which is I guess the new update uh pvp mode it's pretty cool it's sort of like i would say battlefield or any type of control domination type mode but mixed with a little bit of pve so there's enemies in the way it's kind of like warzone in halo 5 where you one uh, team we are talking around so just to make it easier on you just think of it as destiny's control oh i like control well, it's control, but with PVE involved as well. So oh. I think it'll be it's it's kind of cool for people that are not good at PvP in general, in the sense that you can kill um, P, uh, NPCs uh, to get points. So pretty much you are trying to control points. But the thing what's kind of cool is that within a general control point, which is always A, B, and C, there's four. It's like a little hexagon. So if you capture one area, you only get a, a, hex, a little portion of that hexagon to get that letter control point. So there's different zones where you have to hack that uh, will totally capture. It's not you just camping in one specific area. You kind of have to move around. And then you can still come back by just shooting NPCs or finding these little trophy things where you can hack and get more points. It's pretty fun. It's a unique take on that. Uh, but it's really good update. And combined with the quality of life stuff they did just for the regular base game, if uh, anyone has... The division's worth a check to get back into the game. Yeah, I'm kind of missed out on this game, and uh, I just I felt like everyone else had played it, and I just felt like by the time I would level up a character, people would have moved on to something else. So uh, it that one missed me by, but you know I'll keep it in mind, or I'll probably jump on the second one because you know they're going to release one eventually. Um, but King of Fighters here, I see this on the list here, Mondo. Uh, this is a new DLC. Now, is there a way, this is what I was wondering, is there a way if I wanted to, because I don't have this game, to get all the characters? Is there like a Game of the Year edition for King of Fighters? So, um, no, there is no Game of the Year edition. Uh, this game came out uh, last year in August, August 14th to be exact. And yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so King of Fighters has been out for quite some time. Their DLC is bringing four characters into the mix this time around, and it includes Vanessa, Whip, Yamakaze, and Rock Howard. And there's going to be more DLC to come. It'll be in the form of costumes. And now, I mentioned King of Fighters um, only because I was watching Maximilian Dude play with his uh, King of Fighters game while streaming, and it just uh, gave me this uh, purpose to get back into the game itself and go into my mains and just kind of practice with them and get better because it's such a solid game. What's your go-to team? Too, oh, before we get that, I just want to mention too that King of Fighters is uh, going to be at Evo this year. So 
we can ca- we can check out some high skilled play once uh, we're there. We'll report on that as well in July. Well, I can't wait. Uh, that sounds great. I'll be able to watch uh, the professional fighters, but I won't participate. I know I'm not that great. <laughs> so, what's your go-to team? No, that's a good question. Um, Kentuo is always going to be my main. I like his overall look. And for the other two participants, I would always have to say it would be Kim. Um, something about Taekwondo always catches my eye. And the third character, it'll be random, but I'll probably end up choosing, you know, either Terry Bogard or Dinosaur on and off. All right. I used to go with uh, the Fatal Fury team. You can't go wrong with that team. And, uh, and he's whack, though. Yeah, he he does suck. Uh, and then I would get uh, the guy that looks like Steven Seagal, Robert. That was kind of oh, Robert is good. He was he was kind of cool. Good. All right, so this is an interesting one. I'm looking at this list here. Uh, Soul Calibur Two, um, Mondo. This came out a very long time ago. Did, did something <laughs> new back. break out with this? <laughs> no, nothing new. Um, just as we are called Easy Operations, I wanted to try something on easy mode, so I went on my Xbox One. Went to the uh, Xbox 360 backwards compatibility library, and I saw a fighting game, Soul Calibur 2, and I went to their weapons mode, and I enjoy this weapon mode. It's kind of like a mini RPG. Um, you level up your character rank, and you also level up your rank as a player as well, and you get gold, win or lose, which is pretty cool. But the thing here, guys, I did the tutorials, and in the second stage, I could not pass that at all. What? The even second level? Easy? Yeah, even on easy. <laughs> so yeah, so basically I'm in the tutorial and I'm stepping forward, stepping back, passing that section. Second section, you know, you're um, learning how to fight. Basically, you know, vertical attacks and what have you. Uh, and then, um, you know, you fight three guys. And then the third part is, like, really difficult because they tell you, hey, you got to use all this, uh, you know, and beat this uh, one enemy. Mondo, you, like, you know the answer to that, right? <laughs> Damn, man. You got to get good, bro. Get good. <laughs> that reminds me of when I go into Street Fighter and I try to do the training mode to, like, learn the combos. And the minute it goes past, like, the basic moves, like throw a fireball, the minute it does anything more complicated than that, I literally can't do it, and I just – it's like three load modes in, and I can't even do it. <laughs> you know what? I love this mode. Um, it's just the fact that the tutorial is not as easy as they make it out to be, um, especially the fact that going into the options menu and putting the weapons mode on easy isn't easy at all. So um, for me, that was the uh, – gut-wrenching moment knowing like hey i really enjoy playing this game but at the same time the easy mode is not easy so uh for for some of our younger listeners who might not remember soul Calibur 2 this was the early 2000s i think when it came out and one of the things that was kind of interesting about it is that each version on a different system had a unique character so playstation had heihachi from tekken uh the gamecube version had link and the xbox Standard Xbox not had spawned. This was a combo character from Mc, Todd McFarlane. I have was an Xbox guy even back then because it always had slightly better graphics than PS2. So that's the version I got. People, I remember people reading online that that Link was one of the best ones, 
And Heiachi almost seemed kind of out of place to me because he didn't have a weapon. And he how is he fitting in this game? So are, obviously, I don't think Link is in there, but is any of the other ones in there? Heiachi and uh, Spawn are in there. Okay. Yeah, which one? Which version did you guys get? Um, I picked up the uh, Microsoft version. Really? What about you? What, you mean back in the day yeah, or back in the just day. recently? Back, yeah. Uh, back in the day, it was definitely PS2. Okay. I didn't have an Xbox yet till I think Halo Two or Halo One release, and at that time, I already had Four Fighters. I'm gonna give a little bit of a uh, interesting past here for PS2. I had a bunch of games because. Um, as a young lad, I couldn't afford a lot of games, but I can pirate for cheap. So that was my thing back in the day. I know I'm outing myself, Ugh. but that's the old, that's old me, bro. What a jerk. I don't do that no more. What a jerk. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> I actually worked for uh, Toys R Us for a bit, and I would use my weekly paycheck to buy the games or uh, <laughs> popping your discount. Look at you guys. <laughs> Look at you guys. I'm glad we don't have a big audience here because... <laughs> Hey, I don't have that anymore, so it doesn't it doesn't yeah, you know, I guess so. doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, there are some other things going on in news this week. Uh but perhaps the biggest one is the Xbox Scorpio. This was the new upgrade to the system that is supposed to be the most powerful video game console to have been re- to be released. It's not out yet. Um, but they only leaked the technical specifications and I'm not going to name all these things like teraflops and how much RAM in is in it because I honestly, I don't understand it myself. But what I can tell you is this and, and guys fill in the, the gaps where I'm leaving it here, but it is supposed to be like roughly four times more powerful than the Xbox one. It can play 4k games. Even if you don't have a 4k TV, it's going to improve the performance on regular xbox one games it is even more powerful i think it's twice as powerful than the playstation pro it has a faster hard drive games are going to load quicker this thing sounds awesome i'm getting it on day one and even to the extent that i'm going to be buying a 4k tv like i am all in on this because i'm a big xbox guy whereas i did not get a playstation pro who's with me here i'm with you it's so fascinating uh that article from Eurogamer in a sense that they engineered it in a way where it can run any Xbox One game at its best or better potential, in a sense that, I guess, uh, through the research through Xbox One and the One S, they compiled uh, hardware limitations on their per-game basis. So it, w- it can push out the best it can for any old game on its own without a patch, which is, like, the best thing ever. And also... Um, improving on older games they did forza 6 at native 4k at 60 frames per second wow. and they still and they said that it was still enough room about 40 percent or 50 percent space left for any more headroom if they want to add any special uh graphics or anything addition they wanted to add this is straight port from the original version that they it was not the pc it version natively no it was the xbox one version oh. and then they made it equivalent to the pc ultra Wow. At not at 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 a ease at at ease where there's still enough room to play around. So developers uh, hopefully will take advantage and uh, show us some good Scorpio versions of games. Um, I'm actually uh, in there with you guys. Day one, I do have a uh, 4K TV. Now I need a system that'll uh, 
utilize it, so to speak. Mondo, let me let me call you out on something. Remember when you're all like, I ain't on uh-huh. Xbox Scorpio. It's only for VR or whatever. Yep. You were not in initially. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, right. I, I'm good. I'm good. What's wrong with VR, bro? That was the initial <laughs> report. That was going to concentrate on VR. But now that its emphasis is on gaming and not that, uh, we'll go ahead and pick one up. Okay. And yeah, people can change their minds. <laughs> now, James, are you going to go as far Time's as to get changed. a TV as well? You're talking to me? Yeah. Maybe not initially because I imagine the boost is a lot more beneficial for 1080p users at the moment. I honestly don't think native 4K is a big as a noticeable change, but HDR is. So I would I'm getting the system prior to the TV. I will get a new TV eventually, but it's not a priority. And if I were to, I will get that LG OLED TV yes, that's sir. out there. That yes, so sir. Beautiful. That's what I'm doing. Uh, a lot of people are jumping on this 2016 one. Um, I'm going to wait till the 2017 one goes on sale. It's largely the same, but they kind of made it a little bit brighter and they added the uh, Dolby Atmos support. Um, it It's not a are huge gonna, thing. Uh, it's just like to future-proof the, it. Well, I was going to say, you should get 70-inch or above, bro. Go big or go home. Oh, dude, I, I, w- I went to Best Buy to go look at the absolute top of the line, and it was literally like a thick piece of cardboard. And it has, rather than <laughs> mounted on the wall, it was like a magnets. And this thing was like, a, imagine just like a thick poster. That's how like super thin it was. I'm not going to get that. It's just to show you how extreme you can get. And I want to say that one was like damn near seven grand, if not more. Um, <laughs> Chump change, bro. Yeah, no, no, no. But uh, right now, the 2016 one, I've seen it at its cheapest, and it's like um, 1900 or something like that. Obviously, this is OLED is the very best you could get. You don't have to get that to have 4K. You could get an LCD TV, or is it LED nowadays? But you could it's probably – like how, how cheap can you get one nowadays? It's like 500 bucks. Am I right? For a 4K TV? For a 4K, yes. Yeah. You can get, uh, especially one that's non-HDR or non-smart one. Even nowadays, the HDR ones, you can find them relatively cheap. You know, if you don't mind 40-inch, uh, 42-inch. That's still relatively big for most housing. Um, but me, I need to go bigger. There's no point of getting the same or less if it, I were to upgrade. Exactly. And I always feel like you got to buy, like, a future-proof TV, and I, I was looking back at my history of buying TVs um, because it, I was thinking, like, how long have I had my TV? So I had my TV; it's going to be now seven years old, and it was very expensive because it was a plasma. And back when I could have easily gotten a LCD one for half the price, but I just I always kind of want the best thing. Is this going to be a similar situation for this one too, where I'm going to be paying a lot more than what it should be for uh, one of these OLED TVs? But that's what I want, and I want to just get the best. So, yeah. It's going to last you for a long time if you can make your plasma last for that long, seven years. I'm on Team Plasma as well. I have, that's why it's even of a less um, priority for me to upgrade. I love my plasma quality. Uh, it's hard to top that. The only thing that can is OLED. So, yep. That will be the only thing I'm going towards the next TV. Yeah. And uh, and then where does this put the, the PlayStation Pro? Like I was considering – well, I, actually I wasn't considering getting one because I bought the limited edition Destiny console. It was this beautiful white PS4 that has like gold lettering in this map of Destiny. And I don't want to get a new console that's just flat black. But 
nowadays more and more games are going to be taking advantage of this, and especially if I already bought my TV. Who who's interested in a PS Pro the, among us right here? Uh, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I don't. It's sort of. It would be. It's kind of a similar a similar situation. If I was a primary PS4 player, I would, in a sense that that's my main console. But it's not. It's mainly my exclusive console, and it's not like it's going to play games um, that are not the same. That's on PS4 Pro. Yeah. Um, so I'm still not losing out any experience. I may lose the resolution, and that is something I don't mind. I rather prefer, you know, just the boost in terms of performance. I know the regular base PS4 may not be the best performance, but it's not like I'm missing out on the game that's also on PS4 Pro since yeah. it's on both uh, consoles. All right. Well, that wasn't the only thing in the news. Uh, one other one that was kind of caught our attention was uh, the Xbox is now going to give you a self-service refund. You don't have to call in. And uh, what's the time frame on this? Uh, this is kind of cool. Like if you don't like a game – or maybe you hit the button on accident. You, people have kids and they get crazy on these controllers. Um, you can get your money back. Uh, what's what's the time frame on it? Uh, it's currently – I'm in the Insider program. It's currently up for us. However, you still have to request it through the website. I think it's account.xbox.com. It's not fully implemented on oh, the system okay. yet. But it's really cool in the sense that you have 14 days and a maximum of two hours of playtime to be able to uh, provide yourself a – you know, it, that, uh, if, you know, you give yourself time to see if you even like this game, and then you can actually provide a refund if you don't. So, or if there's like technical issues, there's a lot of been, there's a lot of uh, you know trend nowadays where games come out unfinished or unpolished, and that upsets a lot of people. Mass and, Effect, know, they lose a lot of money. <laughs> Mass Effect, they're slowly fixing that, by the way. But um, it's 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 very nice of Microsoft. It's, they didn't have to. It's very customer centric, which is what is you know the most appealing about it. And it's nice of them to do such things. And uh, I appreciate it. I can't wait for this feature to come out. And you know, in case we get those games that looks all hyped from the trailers or before it comes out and it ends up sucking, we have a chance to get our money back. Yeah. So just so yeah, let's uh-huh. just say someone owns an Xbox Elite controller and uh, their LB button does not work. Mm, it's only digital purchases because it's a self-service refund. You got to return your Elite controller? What's wrong with that? Yeah, my button doesn't work anymore. He's too hard. He plays bumper jumper for shooters, which means he's pressing hard on the bumper buttons, and I think he popped them. <laughs> That's a little too hard if you popped Dude, them. Dude, seriously, like, man. You should, ha- you should have warranty, though. Uh, I believe you should, ha- you should have had a year. I don't know if it's past that now, but I mean, it's kind of, you should have had that time to report that. Unfortunately, it's been more than a year. Oh, man. That sucks. Uh, well, I mean, you could just duct tape it back on. You know what? The uh, They have – some of the controllers are on sale actually uh, right now as part of this spring sale, which let me just skip over and jump into that since I mentioned it. Um, yeah, spring sale. There's a number of games that are on sale. Um, I, nothing really was jumping out at me. I, what, I'll tell you what I would get if I had the time to do it. Blue Dragon on Xbox 360 for Witcher three eight bucks. Okay, Witcher Witcher three. Witcher three. Yeah, but I got so many games that I haven't passed. It's boring. boring? (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I must have bought that game numerous times on the 360. Uh, I let someone borrow it, um, and I never got to see my copy again. I hate it when that happens. I played this game several times, (laughs) and um, you know, looking back, um, I didn't get too far. Um, case in point, the characters were very generic. Um, 
not really memorable to me. Uh, the storyline as well was very generic. Uh, again, it, it wasn't grabbing it's very my anime. attention. Okay, all Ron, right. If if I were to recommend you something, you should got you should play their follow up game, which you should have since it was free. It's called Lost Odyssey. That is still holds up today as one of the best RPG, JRPGs in terms of turn based. Yeah, it's pretty much Final Fantasy without the Final Fantasy name. Well, I it's actually made by the Final uh, people. I downloaded that. They there was a brief time when they had it for free. I guess they were kind of testing right. out something, and I jumped on that. Well, it, it, it was the anniversary for the backwards compatibility. It was a year, so that was the year gift from Microsoft to us. Oh, free, I see. Uh, Last Odyssey, and also it was a celebration that they figured out how to do multi-disc in terms of backwards compatibility. What and else are you free. guys going to pick up? Uh, you know what? Let me also suggest another one for you, Ron. <laughs> Division and and Rainbow Six bundled for thirty five bucks. No, That's a good deal for, I'm for not two play games. Those damn games. <laughs> you should, bro. When you yeah, if you play with us, we'll play with you. Blast. Yeah. So yeah, just pick w- it up. Okay. What difference is this? What difference is this? Why would you recommend Destiny right now, even though you're at your level that you are in your character now, to someone that's new to the game that wants to play with you? Would you tell them not to play it? No, yeah, yeah, I would. I, I, I would say, uh, yeah, I'm too high, and I have so much three years worth of knowledge on it. Not to mention, just go ahead and wait for Destiny 2. So absolutely. Well, let's say, theoretically, if Destiny 2 never, never came out, no, and even, someone wants to get the even game still, and play I, I would you, tell you still them, tell you know them what? not to? I'm I'm kind of cool and off on it. I was seriously, and and even though they, I do play these things. I'm not gonna be super trying to get every single piece of equipment. So I'm cooling down on it. I would like to uh, pass other games before Destiny Two comes out because it will suck me in. It just completely overwhelm me. Uh, so like I got like I'm still trying to pass Zelda. I wanna. I'm halfway through Doom on PS4. Um, Dragon Age I never passed so I got a bunch of stuff and it's just like you know that's the thing with these digital games and they go on sales that you just build up this library and it just piles up and it's like makes you feel guilty because you haven't played any of it true true that I see that but it's also I feel bad if I missed it on sale as well but damn (laughs) I could have gotten this game for like five bucks when now it's on sale when I want to play it for 30 what's nice about digital library even though you may not ever get to it it's there if you ever need it so you know, and you got it for a good deal. That's my uh, ideal. You know, I, I'd rather pay for something cheap and eventually get to it than have you know than you know mandatory have to play it just because I bought it. You know, I think um, that too. But then something else is always around the corner. You're like, okay, I'm gonna take a vacation and then I'm gonna catch up on these <laughs> things. But then something else comes out. You know. Well, it it all depends because usually there's always that time period within the year that's usually summer. And after Christmas, those are the times to usually hit up your backlog. I can understand it when it's coming up to be those times, but you know, if you're not playing anything currently that you haven't beat, you still have time. There's always time. You just have to make time for it. You need to prioritize which game is which. The reason why you haven't beaten Doom is because you're playing these other things. If you just do it on one focused game and try to beat it, you should be fine. This is in true. In my opinion, this is true. Stop yeah. doing the raids. I know. And, Stop uh, doing the raids, and I'm gonna do it when we get off this podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, Dragon Age, uh, for anyone that has EA Access and never played that series, uh, Dragon Age Origins, along with Dead Space Ignition, is now on EA Access Vault. So EA Access Vault has been a pretty good value. It's a it's kind of a subscription-based uh, sub- uh, service for Xbox where uh, EA games are provided to you uh, essentially for free. You pay, I believe, $25 a year. Is it 25 get, or 30 uh, a year? The- 
It's thirty. Thirty. Uh, thirty. Yeah. My my apologies. That's still a pretty good. It's deal. pretty good. Games. Yeah, especially for someone that doesn't collect every new game out there, it's a good value. It's even for parents who are like, oh, you know, instead of buying a game that's like sixty bucks, you can pay thirty bucks and they'll have sixteen, twenty games, uh, and alongside with old games such as Dragon Age uh, or all the Mass Effect series. If anyone hasn't caught up on that, you have the opportunity through EA Access, uh, which is very nice. So I just want to bring up that news for anyone uh, that's interested in the Dragon Age series or just EA Access. Yeah, Dragon Age. Um, it's one of the best in this series. Um, that's the best one. Especially with the uh, DLC content. I must have spent over 150 hours uh, just playing that alone. Um, now, Part 2 wasn't that great. Orange. It was very repetitive. I still haven't passed <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition. Um but yeah, does that come with the DLC, James? Uh, I just want to probably not. Majority of the time, I don't know. Majority of the time, it's not, but sometimes it is. So, for example, uh, Battlefield v- uh, Bad Company Two came with Vietnam, and I think for I just downloaded the Dragon Age Origins just f- just for the lulls, and it came with Awakening DLC. It did. Um, yeah, it came with the Awakening DLC, so that was kind of cool. That was a whole like little Dragon. side expansion, and I actually got a box copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's pretty interesting. I guess they pick and choose what uh, comes along with it because, along with EA Access service, not only do you get the games, they give you a discount on the DLC as well. So I guess it's trying to kind of urge you, it's like, oh, if you like this game, you know, and here's a little taste, maybe you want to buy the DLC, and we'll give you a discount on it. So it's uh, it's part of the you know the benefits of EA Access. All right. Well, uh, you know, talking about EA, apparently there's rumors of a new Knights of the Old Republic. And, uh, you know, while we're talking about rumors, I think before we jumped onto this podcast, I saw that uh, Battlefront 3 uh, also – 2. Thank you. Battlefield, Battlefield? Battlefront 2 Battlefront. <laughs> uh, appeared. And so both of these games, I think I would lean towards a Knights of the Old Republic because it's single player. I like that. Uh, now, is this an, another MMO or is it a, a... No, this one looks like it's going to be a single-player uh, experience, such as like the first code, first two Kotars. However, uh, there is speculation that either it's a remake or it's an actual legitimate sequel. But let me tell you this, Ron. Let me ask you this. What if I were to tell you that Battlefront 2 has a single-player campaign? The second one? Would you be interested? The second okay, one. Okay, now there was only a trailer if it's not just released, the crappy maps that are I'm playing waves of enemies that are no uh, storyline and it's just like somebody talks to you on a recording uh, they're coming in to pick you no. up you, you're the last one <laughs> down let me tell you uh, me and uh, Mondo and I saw the leaked trailer the teaser that came out for it okay and it looked like it's a full campaign with the story it looks like you're following a female um, I'm in rebels soldier I'm in and it looks really good and uh, from what we can get from this little trailer is that um it spans all eras. Not the single-player campaign. The campaign seems like it's right after the Death, Death Star explosion. I'm not sure of the first or second one. Whichever one of those, it's right after that. Um, and you, you follow a female rebel uh, soldier. But in terms of the multiplayer, it looks like it spans from episode 1 through, epi- through episode 7. So that's even more intriguing in terms of actual content. You're not tied to just the original trilogy like in the original Battlefront. Okay, um, now here's so, what I want to know. Like, Can I play as a Gungan? 
It looks like it. Yes, you can be a Gunkin. You could finally be Jar Jar. Yes, and, uh, I know you really wanted that. So your dreams will finally come true, yeah. Ron. You can you could throw a little those little you know gold balls and spin around or whatever. Uh, what about the Trade Federation <laughs> uh, stereotype guys? <laughs> the Asian dudes. Yeah, <laughs> those Asian dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Messed up, man. <laughs> you know what's the worst yeah, part so- is that I think I've seen episode one just like more than all these other prequels i don't know why it just like it just keeps popping up and i watch it i don't know it's are you an angel are you an angel annie <laughs> wait no that was something else <laughs> uh the, the the anakin uh pickup lines are, are always funny yes but yeah the this uh would you what do you guys think would you rather have a sequel uh, in a sense that you're following that same timeline of the old republic uh potentially another reven s character or would you want a uh a remaster remake of the original no give me something which is new. great by the way give me something new okay all right just curious would you still play it if it was the remake um if the graphics like were a amazing remake, remake. i would play the remake but if it's okay. just like a little light code of you know hd no it is going to be uh What's it called? Frostbite. So it's bound to look good. Maybe. So, yeah. So excited to hear any news of that. Star Wars Celebration, I believe, is this Friday. So uh, hopefully one will see an episode's uh, eight trailer or some sort. And uh, they're going to reveal that Battlefront 2 full trailer, not the leaked one that we saw, which was a teaser. So All right. Don't send it to me. I stuff. skip out on trailers if you don't know <laughs> this about me, especially when it comes to Star Wars. I want to know the absolute minimum about it, and I want to go in fresh and clean. And I, I honestly wish I didn't see the uh, poster even to episode well, episode seven. seven because it shows you who has lightsabers damn it and then it's like no i don't want to see any of that just just show me a blank thing that says episode seven you know what i mean <laughs> but like, it was a ruse because remember it only remember showed the poster Finn with a lightsaber yeah but still remember the poster for return of the jedi back in the day the one that had the hands just holding a blue lightsaber oh yeah that was pretty cool that's awesome wait wait are you referring it to when it was revenge of the jedi Probably. I'm bring you some old school facts here. When it was originally called Revenge of the Jedi. Yes. That was pretty cool too. Yeah. When it was red. Oh, yeah. So. That was awesome. <laughs> okay. Old school. Well, um, okay. Uh, Overwatch, I don't play this game, but apparently there's some DLC. <laughs> Who wants to kind of tell us about it? <laughs> well, I'm the Overwatch player here. I guess Mondo is sometimes too. There's a new uh, event that's going on. It's called King's Row Uprising. It's a... Uh, a lore-based event. It's not, you know, holiday-based. Uh, it's the usual where it comes with uh, these awesome new skins and emotes and items, uh, along with a new PvE mode, uh, cooperative mode, which is uh, story-based as well. Pretty much uh, this King's Row map is being attacked by this insurgency. Um, they're mainly like robots, and you and your team have to work together to get through them. It's pretty cool how they remapped it into a co-op experience, which will still... Uh, let you get loot for you know your characters, which is mainly just skins, anyways. I think out of all the modes, Ron, if you were to ever play it, you would enjoy this one, uh, specifically since it's a PVE mode. And uh, you know, if you're into Overwatch, uh, it's a, f- a great fun time. It's kind of hard actually, um, and then the harder you play, the more loot and uh, you know items that will drop for you. So 
it's one of those types of events. But it's cool that it's lore based. So what's cool about Overwatch? It's there's no single player, but there's always this overarching story that keeps progressing whenever new characters are released or events happen. Uh, that still that changes the game. So all the other maps get affected as well. Um, which is awesome, uh, and uh, you see little hints of it that the fans are always trying to decipher for the next you know event to happen. So, highly recommended if you like Overwatch. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I tried this out when they had a free weekend. Um, I it's a, a steep learning curve. You really had to try out all the characters, and, and the mm-hmm. one I liked was the most basic one. He's just like a regular soldier, and just mm-hmm. you know, it's not for me, but I, I can see the appeal to it. It is a well-made game. What about you, Mondo? Um, yeah, I'm gonna actually, once we're done with this segment, uh, turn on my Xbox One and get on Overwatch so uh, I can have a uh, hands-on experience with this new mode. Um, like James said, I don't play too much of uh, Overwatch, uh, mainly because it's uh, just strictly PvP, uh, but this is a good sign. Uh, PvE, with an E, not a P. Um uh, <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you know, with a good team, we'll do what we got to do. But I'm looking forward to um, unlocking loot and those skins. All right. Yeah, the new skins look awesome. They're like very, uh, you know, Tron, Future future Tech, where they like glow. And it's they look really awesome, especially uh, the new uh, Genji. Feel the glow. Oh, feel the glow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the skins look pretty awesome. And what's nice about Overwatch is that, you, unlike most loot-based games, you can actually just buy not money wise i guess you can money wise too with the in-game currency what the skins you want um you know rather waiting for a drop you can either wait for a drop or just purchase out all right the only ones you can are the um exclusive uh holiday or seasonal event ones so you have to wait for whatever next year the next halloween event to get certain halloween costumes uh so they you know they try to get you to play during those times all right. Uh, last thing on our list here, Injustice 2. This is a game that is a fighting game of DC superheroes. I played the first one. It didn't really have a lasting value with me, but I always enjoy the uh, story mode of these things. And apparently this one is going to be gear and loot based. I'm a little concerned about this in the sense that whenever you add things that don't have an equal playing field to fighting games, and I'm thinking of the jewel system from that Tekken Street Fighter crossover, it has a potential to kind of throw things off. So, like, imagine if somebody has no life and they play this game, you know, every day, and I just jump on. All of a sudden, wait, wait, yeah. wait. let me get, let me back you up on that. Isn't the same thing with Destiny <laughs> with their gear base uh, and their well, PvP not, mode not and not Iron Banner? modes. There are certain modes that uh, right, yeah, that balance but, uh, the playing field. But it's the same thing, you guys. You're, you're pretty much trashing the your same type of character for for another game. But let me oh, let Ron, me just shed some light on that. And if you're concerned about the loot based system, uh, a while ago, um, Nether Realms um, actually said that there will be a mode where you don't have to have your loot based armor. Perfect. And let me clarify that a little bit more too. So anything ranked. You, it's a man, it's just a cosmetic. Uh, if you do social playlists, you can opt in to do with loot uh, benefits, and both players have to agree on it, or both uh, players have to disagree on it oh, okay. while you're playing. I like that. So they made a good system for that. So you can not only look cool, you can also have it balanced. So 
Right, but you have to opt in. But you have to opt into that. So you know, but and, uh, I, I haven't seen what this looks like. But ultimately, how, what kind of equipment can I put on me if I'm Superman? I don't need anything. I'm Superman. Damn well, it. if it's spoiler free, we don't want to say then, bro. Oh, <laughs> I, okay. I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this, man. This roster looks freaking amazing. I I would say it's up there with King of Fighters in a sense of amounts of characters. I would say easily forty plus characters. At launch. Dude, this is like uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 levels of characters, am I right? Mm-hmm. And, like, pretty cool, interesting ones that they selected on there. Pretty uh, deep dive on some of them. And, give me, uh, give me a deep cut character showing. that I may not know about. Okay, what about... Uh, even you know him, but he's he's not very often brought up is uh, uh, Dr. Fate. He's in there. I don't know who that uh, is. Swamp Thing. Is there any people from Swamp Watchmen Thing. in there? Uh, Blue Beetle. He's not in Watchmen. Watchmen's no. not in there. I don't, not that I've, that they revealed that'd yet. Be, they're saying that they cool. may be a guest character um, because they are DC, so they can technically bring him in. But yeah. uh, right now, it looks like very deep dive stuff. So it looks like a lot of the Rogues Gallery for Flash in the sense that there's uh, Captain Cold. Um, there's you know the Boomerang the, guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's the you know Wonder Woman villains like Cheetah, Wonder Woman, the uh, Catwoman. There's a lot of interesting characters on there that you'll be surprised that are in the game. And there's so many of them. Uh, they even got the Red Lantern in there, that, that super big one, uh, Atrocity or whatever it's called. So, Oh, that's awesome. Uh, they go pretty deep in there, and the story mode looks pretty amazing. So you know you're getting a lot of content with NetherRealm games. All right. Well, uh, that's about it for this week, guys. We're going about an hour here. So... Uh, just want to thank you for listening, and uh, I'm going to give you two guys a chance to plug your uh, streaming thing. I don't do it as much, but I know you have been streaming on Beam recently, so go ahead and plug your uh, channels, guys. Uh, before I do that, let me just go give a shout-out to uh, one, my wife, uh, Claudia, for being a supportive of us uh, in this podcast. She's very proud. And also um, my friend, uh, his name is Albert aka facehugger he provided the original music that you're hearing in the beginning awesome of this episode so i'm going to put a link to his album below so check it out if you're into that music sounds good thank you thank you facehugger mondo what about your uh twist channel or your beam channel all right for all you listeners out there if you want to see me um on twitch it is twitch.tv backslash mondonium and that is mondonium spelled m-o-n-d-o-n-i-u-m i'm also on beam under beam.pro backslash mondonium and also we got easy operations there so if you'd like to see our team page it's beam.pro backslash team backslash easy underscore operations and that page is really interactive safe we're all there at the same time you can switch between james ron or myself this is really cool um yeah i would say that i'm on beam most of the time and i hope to see you guys in the near future all right well thank you everybody for listening you guys have a great week and uh, may your games be easy and your achievements bountiful. Take it easy, guys. Have a great week.